Hey folks, Pastor Eric Tritton here from Gloria Day Lutheran Church in Hudson, Ohio. Thanks for joining me. Uh, we are actually here in the sanctuary at Gloria Day because I want to talk with you about this, our Advent wreath. We've talked about Advent, that it's this season of preparation and anticipation of Christmas, of Christ coming to us. But there are some things that we do to also help us to mark that time. And the Advent wreath is one of those, those things that we use to kind of count the weeks. So Advent is the four weeks before Christmas, and we have four candles around a big white candle here. Candles are blue, they're royal blue, reminding us that Jesus comes to be the king, except for that one over there, and we'll get to that in just a second here. Um, so the different candles symbolize different things depending upon who's naming it. So there are some that talk about angels, shepherds, kings, and, and the like. Um, the uh, explanation that I tend to prefer, not that either is right or wrong, uh, is that the first week of Advent, uh, we use a candle that symbolizes hope. The next week, we use a candle that symbolizes peace. The week after that, that third week, is the candle of joy. And then we have the candle of love. And it's on Christmas Eve that we light the white candle, symbolizing that Christ has been born. So we're just, we're counting down week one, week two, week three, week four, and then we have the day. And, and we light all the candles on that day. Now I mentioned uh, the third week is a different color, obviously. Uh, uh, it is pink, or if you're really talking with some liturgical folks, they will tell you it is rose. Uh, but uh, um, either way, it is a different color, and there's a specific purpose for that. And that is that Advent used to be a season of fasting. It could still be, you know. And there might be some benefits to that in this season of, of decadence to on certain days of the week, maybe to give something up, uh, maybe not eat breakfast or maybe not eat until dinner or something like that. You know, those can be good spiritual exercises. Anyhow, uh, but uh, on the third week was a release from fasting. So you would have a fast, a fast. Oh, this one's lighter and you might have a, something a little bit more celebratory. And then another fasting and then Obviously, the big celebration is when Christ is born. Now, with this wreath, there are some symbols with the evergreen. And I don't know if you can see the, the, the holly berries that are on here, the red berries and, and such. People will, will look at this and say, aha, that is pagan symbolism. Um, maybe. Um, there, there are things that uh, we have borrowed from our neighbors. Uh, I don't know that it's necessarily us taking in the, uh, the pagan ideas behind them. In fact, I would absolutely reject that idea. But, you know, we have an evergreen wreath here. And people will sometimes say, well, that is a symbol of the wheel of life that just goes round and round. And those holly berries we will sometimes talk about them symbolizing the blood of Christ, um, but apparently there's a story about the king of the holly trees having a war with the king of the oak trees. I mean, paganism is all about worshiping nature. So, uh, uh, and uh, the, uh, the holly berries then 
symbolize the, uh, the blood of the, the king of the holly trees. I don't know if it ever meant that, but it sure doesn't for us. Um, ivy is another one. You know, we have the song, the holly and the ivy. Um, ivy symbolizes death in some cultures. We look at it as this green life that continues even in, into the winter. Um, and the conversation just kind of goes on from there. People will say that Christmas is a, a co-opting of a Roman pagan holiday called Saturnalia. Um, and the Yule log is all about the darkness of, uh, of the time. And this is the darkest time of the year. And there is no doubt that that weighed heavily on, on the minds of pagan people, people who worship nature. You know, because those seasons are an important part of, of their life. And boy, if the darkness continues and continues, will the light ever come back? You know, and so um, you know, there are holidays around this time. Easter um, is another one that they will say, you know, Easter is not about the resurrection. It's about the rite of spring and, you know, and rebirth of nature. In fact, the word Easter means spring. And a lot of this is it's just, it's just silliness. It's just trying to push back against Christian faith um, and try to debunk the truth. Uh, Easter, we, we, we have a good idea about the date of Easter because Jesus was crucified right around Passover and we know how to calculate when Passover takes place every year. Um, people have been celebrating Christmas on December 25th for a long, long time. You know, I'm not saying that Jesus was born on December 25th. I'm, I have no textual evidence that tells us when Jesus was born. But we want to celebrate his birth. So we pick a date that makes sense. And there are some interesting traditions around that that are um, beyond what we're going to try to accomplish here. I would recommend to you a uh, entertaining little video um, by a, a group called Lutheran Satire. It's done uh, by a, a pastor, I believe he's in Indianapolis, uh, Hans Fien, I think is how he says his name. Um, but uh, there's one, it's called Horace Ruins Christmas. If you wanna look that up, there, there'll be links on my blog page and you can, you can watch it. It's, it. Lutheran satire tries to use satire to proclaim the, the truth. So take that with a, you know, a grain of salt and if you go and you watch that, be prepared for satirical and you know, maybe a little bit caustic kind of humor. Uh, one of the, the fallacies in all of this is the, uh, the correlation versus causation uh, uh, fallacy. So do pagans use evergreens? Do they use holly? Do they use candles and light? Yeah, yeah they do. But just because there's a correlation, does that mean that's what caused us to use those things? Well, no, no, that, that's, that's just silly. You know, we have our holidays um, based around the life of Christ, based around what God is doing in the life of his people and the life of his church. And ultimately, all good things are from God. 
And so when we grab these things that pagans have used over the years, um, in a sense, I would argue that we're actually reclaiming the good things that God has given to us. And there's another idea that I would put before you. In the scriptures, it talks about God being a warrior. In Exodus chapter 13, it says, the Lord is a warrior, the Lord is his name. In our reading from Zephaniah chapter three uh, for this coming Sunday, uh, the language is very much about God using his strength to protect and to save his people. There's this conflict type of imagery that's involved in who God is and what, what he does to save us. And, you know, even Jesus talks about, you know, if, uh, if he comes to steal things from the strong man, he must first bind the strong man. And there's this confrontational, uh, violent type of language that is around that. And that carries in, into the, the small catechism as well. In the third petition, when we pray, thy will be done, we understand that to mean that, that God breaks and hinders every evil plan of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature. And, and maybe we're not used to thinking about God breaking and hindering, but I believe that there's comfort there for us, that he uses his strength and his might on our behalf as our, our savior. I heard a, a quote from a pastor by the name of Donovan Riley. Uh, he does a, a podcast with uh, Christopher Gillespie. Uh, it's called the Band Book Podcast. Yeah, there's some interesting stuff there if you want to check it out. Uh, it's through the 1517 um, organization, 1517.org. You can find it there. Um, but he said, you know, our God, our God defeats the pagan gods and takes their stuff. And so if there are pagans who are saying, ha ha, you know, you, you are just borrowing that from us. I think maybe if you want to be a little bit snarky with them, you might say, no, no, our God has defeated your God and taken their stuff. So when, when these things come up, should we be bothered? No. We know that our Lord Jesus has been born into this world. He has saved us and he has redeemed us. All things are his. And because all things are his, all things are ours. And so we're free to use these kinds of symbols in his service and to rejoice in his salvation in all things. Thanks for being with me. God's blessings.